This is CliffCentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conversation with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is CliffCentral.com. Uncensored, unscripted, unradio. And this show is where you get to meet the people that I'm lucky enough to meet in my world of travels as a professional conference speaker around the globe. I speak at about Oh, I don't know, 180 conferences a year, I guess. And I'm privileged to spend time with real experts in their field who end up on stages with me around the world. And we thought here at Cliff Central it would be perfect for you to get a chance to meet those people as well. And you'll know if you're a regular listener to my podcasts that I'm also very, very fond of homegrown South African talent, as my home is here in South Africa as well. And today's guest is no exception to that rule. This man, I believe, is a legend. His name is Rob Kasky. I'm going to introduce you to him in just a second. He's going to join us from his home down in the Midlands in KwaZulu-Natal on Skype. He is a historian. He's a presenter. He's an after-dinner speaker. This man has graced stages across the world, and he really talks about South African history, very apt and relevant as it is in our development as a country today, but he enraptures audiences absolutely everywhere. I first met the man when he was doing a guided tour around Isandwana, the battle site from the old Zulu battles that were fought here Oh, gosh, a long time ago now. But let me not tell you about them. Let's rather meet the man himself. He's anxiously awaiting his debut here on Cliff Central. Rob Kasky, a pleasure to have you on board. How are you, sir? Good morning, Michael. I couldn't be better. And what a pleasure to join you on Cliff Central. And I'm really looking forward to our chat together on this program. Rob, I've seen thousands and thousands of speakers literally across the planet. To my mind, sir, you are one of the finest orators that I've ever met in my life, and it's a privilege to call you friend. Where did it begin for you, and what is it that you do for the benefit of everyone listening to our podcast now? Well, Michael, thank you. From you, that's an incredible compliment, and I feel hugely honored by your kind words. My story really has most inauspicious beginnings. At university, I did some incredible motorcycling trips to various parts of Africa, And whenever I came back, there was always a group of people who wanted to meet me and listen to experiences that had taken place on the motorbike. And in it, unbeknown to me, I was developing a reputation as a storyteller. And to cut a long story short, one of those listeners worked as curator of the Rockstiff Museum. And when the great orator and storyteller David Rache was looking for someone to assist him telling stories on the Anglo-Zulu War battlefields, the curator of the museum recommended me on the strength that he thought had told a reasonable story story and he felt that I might be interested and could learn the history but that the storytelling was something that was already innately a part of my being and I feel hugely complimented at his introduction and the rest as they say is history. And history is what you've really specialized in I mean these Zulu battles that were fought way back you know there's a there's a world of interest in them did that surprise you Rob when you think about the battle at Rourke's Drift the battle at Isandwana you know, have such an amazing following all these years on? You know, Michael, I analyzed that, that question, and I feel that the attention they enjoy around the world is almost disproportionate to their importance at the time. But one must understand that these two great battles, the Santuan and Rockstrip specifically, took place on the same day. Wednesday, the 22nd of January, 1879, we've just had the anniversary on Friday of last week. And what is particularly interesting about it is that you've got the Victorian army at the height of a might being smashed 
by a group of Zulus armed with sticks and shields. In the middle of it all, the sun going dark in a 70% eclipse. And then that evening, 139 British soldiers, 35 of whom were sick as patients in a hospital, holding out all night against 4,000 Zulus to see the award of 11 Victoria Crosses. Now, that action at Rourke's Drift has been immortalized by that grand old classic movie Zulu, which launched Michael Caine's career, first produced in 1964 and played every year by the BBC on Boxing Day. Now, with your British background, you will understand that people learn initially about Rourke's Drift from this cult movie Zulu. They immediately then begin to take an interest in Isan Luana, the battle that preceded it. But more importantly, and for the purposes of our little chat now, I think that this is one of those occasions where men fought hand-to-hand, eye-to-eye, no quarter given, no prisoners taken, and then dusted one another off and got on with their lives, the British having made a huge attempt to reconcile with the Zulus since. And I think that there's an element of, of dignity and respect between these two great nations that people aspire to, and more importantly, I think that they are human stories. And it's really in the essence of being human stories that gives these tales of battle the appeal they enjoy. Now, in the craft of storytelling, which you have become world-renowned for, I mean, you've presented these tales at the Royal Geographic Society over in London to standing room only, and you've also turned it into this incredible thing where you're, as an after-dinner speaker, going into business corporate conferences, and you've made this incredible transition from live storytelling on the battlefield to boardroom storytelling where people are as equally enthralled, and I've been privileged to see you do both. It is a remarkable thing. I mean, this art and craft of storytelling, is that what we need more of in our world, Rob? Well, Michael, I certainly believe we do need more of it in our world. I think that in this age of entertainment overload and all the entertainment options available to human beings, many human beings as youngsters are read stories or told stories either by their teachers or their parents and so forth. And I think that there is the strong desire within human beings to be carried along by the power of a story well told in the theater of their own imagination. And I have worked quite closely with a number of storytellers and speakers trying to learn more about what makes the craft work. And, of course, I sat at the foot of David Rattray, the master himself, for many years before his tragic death in 2007. And the fact that I'm now able to take these stories into boardrooms and conferences and so forth and extrapolate from them the lessons that I feel are very pertinent in business and life today has been a fantastic privilege. And we all aspire to the likes of professional speakers like yourself and your enviable reputation in trying to develop our own little businesses and our own little niches, whether it's as a storyteller or a professional speaker. But I'm always more inclined to be referred to as a storyteller, and I'm very, very pleased at the opportunities life has presented me thus far in that regard. You know what intrigues me about it, Rob, is that you know whether it's a black audience, a white audience, a young audience, or an old audience – your stories have the same effect on human beings. I mean, you're dealing with raw emotion. I've watched middle-aged Afrikaans men and young black males weep on the site of the Esandwana and Rorkstrift battlefields as you've told the story. I cried myself. I mean, it's, I'm not embarrassed to admit it. I've seen you hold a boardroom equally as enthralled, evoking that level of emotion. And with all that's going on in the South African context at the moment about, you know, the, whether we still have a rainbow nation, whether we can still have dialogue, whether we can still talk, 
you know, what you're doing, to my mind, in the art and craft of storytelling is helping bridge every single divide. I mean, you've turned two battles into some of the most incredible stuff that raises hair on the backs of people's necks. It's a remarkable job. Do you you feel the weight of responsibility on your shoulders as being the ultimate storyteller in these two battle tales? I feel the weight of responsibility enormously, not so much as the ultimate storyteller on these subjects, but more particularly the challenge and the responsibility of trying to present the story objectively, that it appeals to audiences of all races, ages, and color, and that people will leave feeling that this was an epic of human struggle and a triumph of the human spirit, more particularly than a white on black or a British on Zulu battle that took place 137 years ago. So that responsibility sits very heavily with me, and I feel it all the time because every audience is so diverse and so different, and the challenge of trying to leave the stage without anybody feeling that I had a particular slant or a particular angle that I was trying to present is enormous. And I relish the the challenge of that. And I feel that we are making headway in terms of dialogue and more interracial interaction in South Africa, particularly when I tell these stories either in conferences or on the battlefields. I think it's stunning. Now, not only have you translated them into live across different genres, You've also got a series of DVDs and books out about this uh, Isandwana and Rorkstrift set of battles from 137 years ago. They're almost like bestsellers, really, aren't they? Well, Michael, you're very kind. It was upon your recommendation that I decided initially to make the set of DVDs of these stories shot in situ on the battlefields. And you were part of that wonderful process with Stephen Hall and Uzi Films. And then more particularly, I've had a lot of guests come onto the battlefields with me and say, Rob, you present so much information and so much detail. Have you not, not got these stories recorded in written form that we can take them away and relate back to them or share them with others as and when we'd like to? And out of the DVDs and the stories was born a book that I must tell you is now in its third reprint and doing very well. And I sell those here and across in the UK. They're magnificent gifts. But more importantly, they share the story and they're great profile builders for somebody getting into the speaking game as I am, and I'm very, very grateful for your encouragement in that regard. You're very welcome. My father has a copy of that DVD, and I know that every anniversary of Rockstrift at his old age home in the UK, um, he brings in all the wrinklies from around him in the old age home, and they all sit around and they have an Isandwana Rock's Drift Day, play the DVDs, and of course my father's thrilled, because I think at the point when you were relating the story on the battlefield as it was being filmed, you mentioned his name, Bernard Jackson. So he thinks he's a Hollywood star because of you, Rob Kasky, which is the most incredible thing as well. Well, I'm hoping that it builds your profile a little too, to say I'm Bernard Jackson's son. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, how do people get hold of you, Rob? Because you've really taken this art and craft of after-dinner speaking or conference speaking off the battlefield as well. Your story travels with you everywhere you go. Um, How do people get hold of you to know more about it or to find out about the book or the DVD? What do they do? How do do you contact Rob Kasky? Well, the easiest way to contact me is just to Google, so long as they can spell my surname correctly, being C-A-S-K-I-E. I have a website of robkaski.com and my email address is rob at robkaski.com and I would be delighted to hear from anybody gracious enough to listen to this program and would like to contact me. 
And if you've never listened to or heard of the story of Isandwana and Rorksdrift before, this incredible battle from over 137 years ago, it'll change your views on South Africa. It'll change your views on your corporate or business life. Man, it is just the most remarkable thing. As always, Rob, time is against us here on Cliff Central. Short and sweet program. The hair on the back of my neck stands up every time I listen to you, though. And in closing, it it, it just is for me to say, may you please carry on that proud legacy of David Rattray and yourself and keep telling your stories wherever it is your world of travel takes you to. Michael, thank you sincerely for this time and your very kind words on the program. I'm fortunate enough to belong alongside you to Unique Speaker Bureau. So anybody who would like to contact me or make contact in the future is just as likely to do so straight through Unique Speaker Bureau. And thank you very much for this delightful time together on the radio. It's an absolute privilege. And I know you've got to rush off because you've got a packed day and a packed program today. So thank you, Rob, as well. And just a final reminder to everyone listening to this podcast, the art and craft of storytelling, whether you're into battles or not, go and Google Rob Kasky, C-A-S-K-I-E dot com. The man is a living legend, and he's keeping storytelling alive, which I think is absolutely incredible. So from me and my guest, Rob Kasky, it's been a real pleasure being with you on this podcast again. You see the diversity of what comes out here on In Conference with Michael Jackson here on Cliff Central. I just love doing this show because I get to meet guests like that, and I hope you're feeling the same way. We podcast live every Tuesday, but you can download us wherever you are in the world, whenever you want to, and listen to some of the most incredible people from the business of wor- the business world of conferencing and indeed storytelling from me michael jackson and rob kasky thank you very much for being with us once again cliff central. The revolution. i've got something important to tell you cliffcentral.com